The Zone is presented by Guaranteed Foods, delivering all natural food to Midwestern families since 1958. Enjoy healthier food, more free time, free delivery, and better value. Go to GuaranteedFoods.com. All right, hanging out here on this Thursday edition of The Zone. Jason Anderson with you, Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels. We head up until 2 o'clock. We will play some sports or leisure in the 1 o'clock hour. Uh, right now, we continue rolling with different guests. Uh, all right, who do we have on the phone now? Since uh, we went from Spags to Willie Gay to um, uh, MVS to Drew Tranquil, um, and now we're told somebody else has been given the yeah. phone. Uh, Jason, I'm seeing here we have another hard-hitting defender. This is Craig Stout, defensive mastermind of uh, – KC Sports Network, the KC Man. Laboratory Podcast, I believe. Fantastic. Uh, familiar with what it's like to carry underperforming teammates. Uh, yeah, Craig, uh, thanks for being here with us live from Vegas, I how, guess. How cool is it uh, for you to be playing and being a part of another Super Bowl in your career? <laughs> I mean, no, it's wonderful. I mean, as my career as a podcaster, it's obviously <laughs> very important to have a team functions, and we definitely continuing with the heavy hitters. I think you guys need to play the song One of These Things is Not Like the Other right about now, but I'm ready to talk football with you guys. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Craig Stout is our guest, KC Sports Network, KC Laboratory Podcast. Well, we're obviously feeling pretty good and having some fun here on the air. Um, let's talk about the uh, the actual game. So h- how you feeling right now a few days out? The uh, you know Not just overall like excitement, but like, how you feeling about about the game and, and, and maybe an idea of, uh, of how it will go uh, just uh, you know three days to go? Yeah, I you know, since this matchup kind of landed, after the Chiefs got past the Ravens, you know, I, I really liked the matchup. It didn't really matter if it was the Detroit Lions or the San Francisco 49ers. When it became the 49ers, you know, obviously the run game is great. Their defense has potential, but they got a lot of studs on that defensive line. Brad Warner's a really good player. Like, there's lots of really good players on that team. But for whatever reason, I have just felt like the Chiefs matchup really, really well with this 49ers team on both sides of the ball. We are seeing, you know, postseason Andy Reid, postseason Steve Spagnolo, and certainly postseason Patrick Mahomes. So I don't know. I, you know, ever since this kind of matchup happened when the when the Chiefs cleared the Ravens hurdle, I really liked the way that it fell to the Chiefs. So I'm feeling pretty confident going into this game, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I said on um, on Sunday going into the AFC Championship game with um, some friends, and I said I, I think the Chiefs-Ravens is the Super Bowl uh, because uh, I like the Ravens against the 49ers and the Lions, and I like the Chiefs against the 49ers and the Lions. Um, and and I, I was a little once bitten, twice shy because I said the same thing about the divisional round with Chiefs and Bills <laughs> when the next game was the Bengals uh, after they had knocked off the Titans. It's like, all right, well, winner of Chiefs and Bills going to the Super Bowl. Um, that did not happen. But but I don't think the Chiefs are going to get caught off guard by, you know, an up-and-coming Bengals team that it's like, yeah, we're good, and we know that we let that one get away earlier this year, but we're a much better team than this Bengals team. Um, this is this is history on the line. So while that happened before, um, you know, I had that feeling that going into that game, if the Chiefs find a way to win, whoever wins this one, I, I love the matchup uh, going into the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I said it earlier this week, or last week on, on the lab, kind of talked about how the last time that I felt this confident about a big game, it was the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay, and I kind of swept some things under the rug there. You know, hey, 
they've been playing what's kind of a makeshift offensive line all year long. So it doesn't really matter if Patrick knows what to do. He knows how to handle it and to play great. Don't get me wrong, but it ended up mattering a lot more than I think I gave it credit for. And so I keep trying to reframe mm-hmm. this whole thing you know, under that sort of lens. And I keep coming back to the same thing. I just, how often does a team that has the better quarterback, the better head coach, and the better defense lose the Super Bowl? Like, it's, it's not something that happens very often. And the Chiefs, in my opinion, have all three of those things. I just think they're going to come out with a great game plan. I think they're going to execute better. I think they are laser-focused this week, and I don't know that I can say the same about San Francisco right now. So it just really does kind of feel like everything is pointing the Chiefs' direction right now, even though the Vegas line would have mm-hmm. you believe that the 49ers are the better football team. Craig Sad is our guest, KC Laboratory Podcast, kcsn.substack.com. You mentioned a few things there. You said the defense, the uh, head coach, and uh, and the quarterback. Um, anything in particular, like matchup-wise specifically, that, that, that gives you confidence uh, in the game on Sunday from the Chiefs' perspective? Oh, yeah. I, I do think, you know, the, the 49ers run a lot of zone running schemes. And everybody's worried about Christian McCaffrey, who's an awesome football player, should be offensive player of the year in the NFL this year. And I'm not trying to mitigate, you know, the sorts of things that, that he can do here. But with this zone-heavy attack, an inside zone-heavy attack, an outside zone-heavy attack, the Chiefs have treated these on defense in certain occasions a lot differently than they have, you know, against gap-heavy teams. And so they, they'll walk up Leo Chanel and create a five-man surface for the defense. They will create, you know, when they're in the nickel, which the 49ers – We'll see how often they're in 21 personnel. They use it a lot. But when they do go 11, the Chiefs can still use that 3-3-5 defense that we've seen them use, create that five-man surface again. That makes it so those offensive linemen can't climb to the second level, can't get out in space, and can't create some of the holes for Christian McCaffrey. You're going to have a lot of that interior stuff bottled up and forcing him to bounce to the outside, which, again, actually plays a little bit to the strength of the Chiefs because they have such good tackling defensive backs. Yeah. They are uniquely equipped to kind of spill everything to the outside with McCaffrey and try and bring him down in space. And I realize how terrifying that sounds. But with these DBs, that might be the best way to come out and try and approach this sort of thing, make it to where he can't hit the line of scrimmage at full speed, make it to where you know he's got to break a tackle in space, which he certainly can and probably will do multiple times. But I like that matchup a lot more. I know everybody's kind of harping on the whole, well, they're 31st, the Chiefs defense is 31st against the zone run and all of that. Yeah, that is the case. A lot of that happened early in the year. A lot of that happened without Nick Bolton in, you know, in the equation. Some of that happened without Drew Tranquil in the equation. We have seen those instances where it didn't work out for the Chiefs. They saw a lot of zone rushes. But then when we kind of take it back to the macro picture, from a single-game perspective, with Steve Sagnolo game-planning this, you can't convince me that he's not going to come out and present those challenges to the 49ers and try and make them work uphill with their run game rather than just being able to play down Yeah, the, uh, I mean, they played the Miami Dolphins, and I know you like to you study the defense and everything, mm-hmm. and, and you're uh, very good from that standpoint. Um, how much are there similarities between the Miami Dolphins' outside zone and, and what the, uh, the 49ers do? Because – 
you know, uh, Mostert had, you know, uh, I think uh, a 10-yard gain. And then outside of that, he had seven carries for 21 yards. Um, and, and, you know, uh, A-Chan was bottled up for nine yards on like six or seven carries. Um, so, like, you know, that zone rushing team, the Chiefs didn't seem to have a problem with. Now they got a lead and, you know, made him go away from that a little bit, which would be awesome on Sunday. But uh, are there similarities and differences yeah. between the way that uh, Mike McDaniel runs his Shanahan offense as the way that Kyle Shanahan runs his Shanahan offense? I mean, there, there's certainly a lot more you know, fullback work. Kyle Usek can play a ton, and that creates that extra gap, which does make that scheme a lot harder to defend. You know, I make it sound very easy. You just walk this guy up, and now you got all the offensive line <laughs> taking care of Usek. Feeling the edge is, is, is a danger man as well. But Christian McCaffrey's ability to hit the cutback is so much different than Raheem Mostert. The Chiefs could have him bottled up on the front side. You know, it, let's say it's a wide zone play. You've got him bottled up outside the numbers. He could see that little scene and cut back against the flow of the defense, and that might be six. You know, so there is a significant difference in his ability to hit those cutbacks, which makes me think they are going to clog the middle of the line, that they are going to try and prevent some of these cutback lanes from developing and just saying, hey, Justin Reed, Shamari Connor, Legendarius Snee, Trenton Duffy, get out there and let's hit him. Let's slow him down. Let's try and make this happen and force him to continually play to the numbers. Now, again, strength there. That's still a strength for the 49ers. Not trying to say that it's not, but it is something that makes it a lot easier to read, prevents maybe some of the monster plays that can occur there with the cutback lanes, and takes away some of the stuff that makes Kyle Shanahan's run game so dangerous with Christian McCaffrey. Again, you get him to keep continue to stretch. Maybe you force him into some one and two yard carries. You want the 49ers in second and third and eight. You want to force Brock Purdy to be the one that is dictating the game, that is dictating the flow of the game, much like they did with Tua, where they just said, hey, we're going to bottle up the run. And if Tua beats us, then okay, but we feel good about our game plan to stop him. I think it will be kind of a similar approach to this with the 49ers versus a team like the Bills or the Ravens where they're going to say, we want you to have to make your quarterback's place perfect all game long, dinking and dunking, keeping the ball underneath, and don't allow anything deep. I think that the approach will be just a little different from the Chiefs defense. Craig Stott is our guest, uh, KC Laboratory Podcast, kcsn.substack.com. Um, maybe this goes along with it, that that zone uh, rushing attack for the 49ers and what the Chiefs have done against that. Um, but uh, my next one was going to be, you know, that's there are some things in there, the confidence in the matchup. Uh, what concerns you uh, as the Chiefs go into this game about the matchup with the 49ers? I mean, what concerns me is, you know, if the Chiefs have to be reliant on a four-man rush, uh, Brock Purdy's terrific against the blitz. It's one of the things that he's best at. And it's not even one of those that I can say, hey, Steve Spagnuolo's got an exotic blitz package that, you know, Brock Purdy's never seen before. Who's going to be on a swivel? I don't know. You go back and you watch him against the Minnesota Vikings, and that Brian Flores defense is even more exotic from a blitzing perspective. Brock Purdy handled it very well. So the Chiefs are going to have to rely a little bit more on the four-man rush. Missing Charles Aminahue hurts there. He's a guy that can win quickly. I like Chris Jones in this matchup. I like the ability for them to get one-on-ones for Chris Jones, you know, with some of the different looks, dropping guys out, forcing them into different, you know, scripts and stuff like that. I like the matchup for Chris Jones. 
but I don't know that I love the matchup for anybody else. So that worries me a little bit, not being able to get pressure on that front, missing Charles Aminikyu. But, you know, if I switch to the other side of the ball, all of my worries are related to, hey, do they revert? to the regular season yeah. version of this offense. Because what we've seen in the postseason is enough. I, I truly believe that, especially against the 49ers defense that has really struggled to stop the run, that's one of those things I think the Chiefs can lean on, especially if they get a lead and turn this into an Isaiah Pacheco game. That that's very much in the realm of possibility here. And Andy is really good at, you know, forcing Nick Bosa out of the game by putting a lot on his plate through jet motion things of that nature. So I really like what the offense can do against this defense. It's just now if all of a sudden we turn into the mistake you know, holding penalties, you know, big mistakes, drops, things like that. If we see the offense that we've seen throughout the year, then I'm going to start to get a little worried about the outcome of this. Craig Side is our guest. I didn't put much um, in the weight of experience um, in in the playoffs because we've seen teams that did not have experience, you know, come in and beat the Chiefs uh, in the playoffs, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, the Bengals. Um, but that Baltimore Ravens game, I don't think there's any getting around, um, you know, what it meant <laughs> to be in that moment for both of those teams. And even, you know, Craig, even hearing the, the mic'd up with Patrick Mahomes, like seven minutes of mic'd up uh, in that Ravens game, um, and him at the end of the game going, composure, composure, work hard mm-hmm. until the whistle, composure, keep it locked in. And, and the Ravens were the ones losing their composure and, and just being in that moment. Um, you know, how much do you think maybe that does factor into this week to where the 49ers have not been here uh, for a while? There were only seven players on the team that played in that 2019-2020 Super Bowl uh, whereas the Chiefs have, you know, the team that they played last year, um, and right. their last year was playing in the Super Bowl. How much do you think that uh, that factors into this of the uh, sort of been there, done that feel uh, for this team this go around? I, I didn't want to believe that that was going to be the case with the Niners. If you would have told me that you know the Detroit Lions, the Detroit Lions won that, I think it would have been a, a much bigger conversation. You know, I think it would have been pressing a little more than maybe the Niners will. Kyle Shanahan has been here a couple of times in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's not a foreign environment. And then we got to this week or, you know, the end of last week. You got Nick Bosa already complaining about holding. On, on, you know, the game hasn't even started yet, and he's complaining about holding. You got the 49ers complaining about the field and how soft it is and asking the Chiefs if they can come out and practice at their facility. You got Kyle Shanahan just seeming a little off. At media night, like there was, there's enough things here that I just look at this team and I say, I think they're a little unfocused. I think that they're maybe they're trying to keep things loose, maybe they're trying to, you know, trying not to get too uptight or anything. But I see a team that's maybe missing some of the laser focus that has gotten them mm-hmm. to this point. And now I'm wondering, is this an actual advantage for the Chiefs because they've been here before? Patrick Mahomes knows that they've been here before. One of the things that he admits is, hey. I know we're in Vegas. I know there's lots of fun stuff for us to do here. Let's go win the Super Bowl. I'll take us all back here. That's right. Like, we, we don't have to party now. We can do this later. Let's, the job's not finished. I don't get that same vibe from 49ers. I'm sure they're working hard. I'm sure they're you know, trying to get locked in and all of this. It's just outwardly, what we've seen publicly seems like a team that is enjoying the fact that they are here. They really appreciate the fact that they beat the, the Lions and that they are in this game, but not one that's really kind of conveying a lot of, 
we think we've got this in you know their atmosphere and their attitude publicly. It seems like they're already making some excuses. They're already kind of lining up the bingo card full of things to help justify, you know, this is why we didn't win, rather than projecting that outward confidence, projecting that focus the same way that the Chiefs are. You know, uh, Craig Stott is our guest. You know, you mentioned uh, Patrick Mahomes saying that he's going to take everybody back to Vegas if they win. Um, uh, hopefully he can afford it. I don't know. Um, I, I do worry about how it, that, 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 know. that bill can rack up very quickly, very quickly in Vegas. He might you know. have to do another commercial. Spend right. one more day doing a commercial to, uh, to yeah. afford that. Yeah. Which, which by the way, uh, hat tip to, uh, to Blair Kirkhoff. When Blair was asking Patrick about, you know, some of the stuff off the field, like the um, the commercials, and he said, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to talk to you about your side hustle. And Patrick Mahomes, put, like, <laughs> he had a smirk on his face, like, all right, yeah, yeah, like, oh, okay, this guy must be swag surfing over here. Uh, but, like, <laughs> Blair Kirkhoff, uh, I wanted to talk to you about your side hustle <laughs> off the field. Like, that was great. <laughs> Hats up to Blair. Um, but you know what? If they win, Patrick better, you know, come through on that because Travis Kelsey said he's going to buy McCole Hardman a car because he missed the block on that, uh, you know, fumble into the end zone. And McColl said the other day yeah. he hasn't heard squat about a car coming from Travis Kelsey. So <laughs> just saying, you know, that's well, a, that, I mean, what a good way to draw, a, a, to yeah, put a fissure in the locker room. You yeah. start doing stuff like that, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe Travis thinks that all he has to do is get to the offseason and McColl will think about or forget about it. McColl <laughs> needs to continue to remind him that, that he said that. No, no. I'd be curious to see how that works out. McColl did say, he was like, uh, no, I don't need anything, man. It's just as a team. But then at the end of the uh, sort of Q&A with Todd, he goes, maybe I will remind him and uh, let him know that uh, what's up on that car. <laughs> I'm not going to turn down a car from Travis Kelsey. You know, come on. he's He can afford it, too. He's made more money in his career than McCole yeah. Hardman. He's marrying into, you know, pop star royalty eventually one day. Uh, so uh, he won't have to be the breadwinner anymore there. Uh, so, you know, it's all yeah. good. Uh, visiting with Craig Stout, <laughs> KC Sports Network, kcsn.substack.com. Uh, as the uh, Chiefs and 49ers get ready to uh, match up, face off in this game, uh, do you have a prediction for us, an idea, a score of maybe how you think the game will go and a, a final score in mind if you have it? Yeah, like I said, I, I, I just have a lot of confidence about this game. I think that Steve Spagnuolo is going to come out with a terrific game plan. I think that you know, this team has relied on the defense all year long, and all the conversations that I've heard all week is about how the 49ers offense is going to be able to run over this defense. And we've heard that time and time again. I mean, we, we just got done you know, talking about this team with, under the lens of they're playing the Baltimore Ravens, who are one of the best rushing teams in the NFL. And Steve Spagnuolo found a way to show looks and force the Ravens to stop running the ball. Like, I know people want to lay that at the feet of Todd Munkin. Steve Spagnuolo is playing off tendencies and forcing them into that. I don't believe for a second that Steve Spagnuolo is going to come out with a generic game plan that's going to get just completely run over. He has been exceptional all season. And from that perspective, I look at this and I say, I think the players are going to struggle to consistently score this game. And if that's the case, I have full faith the Chiefs offense against a team that plays 80% static zone on the back end. You know who's really good against static zone? Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice, Mm. the two guys that they want to get the ball to a ton in the passing game. And 
are struggling to defend the run, who is the third guy on the Chiefs offense that they really want to try and force into the game script as much as possible on Isaiah Pacheco. I just think it matches up and it lines up really well for the Chiefs. I think they get out to maybe a 10 to 14 point lead at the half against the 49ers coming out of the half. The 49ers are going to try and throw the ball a little bit around the yard, going to more of a pass heavy script that plays into the Chiefs' strength. I think Chris Jones has a good game, and I just don't think the 49ers have enough. And Andy Reid and the Chiefs offense will in the second half to close it out. I got the Chiefs winning this one 27 to 13 in a game that doesn't even really feel that close, in my opinion. All right. Well, if they're up 14 in the second half in the fourth quarter, Willie Gay already said that he's going to request swag surfing from the DJ. Uh, if they get up by a decent amount. So, uh, does he have? Does he have the DJ's number for the Super Bowl? Because that that would be awesome. If I don't know. I asked him. I said, you know, swag surfing. You're gonna ask for that in the Super Bowl. He goes, when we get up 14 or 21 points in the fourth quarter, uh, I'll I'll request the uh, swag surfing for the game. I'm like, all right, I'm, uh, sounds good, man. I'll hold yeah. to it. Uh, we'll see. Craig Stout, KC Sports Network, KC Laboratory Podcast. Craig, you're the man. Really appreciate the time, brother. Enjoy the game, and we'll catch up soon. Absolutely. Go Chiefs. There you go. Craig Stout, uh, great stuff uh, from uh, from him. KC Sports Network, KC Laboratory Podcast. And, yeah, this matchup coming up uh, in just a few days, man. Uh, I'm, I'm where Josh was yesterday, where I'm ready to go now. Yeah. Uh, I'm ready to go. Uh, it's on the other side of the week. Hump day has already passed. We're on the uh, flip side. We're on the downside now heading to the weekend. And uh, and let's go, man. Let's get this game rolling. Let's get it here because, um, you know, more and more I love the matchups. And I, I'm in agreement with Craig in that. You know, a couple of times that I've been really confident, like really confident about the Chiefs in the postseason. The Bucks in the Super Bowl, and then the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. Those are a couple of the times I've been maybe the most confident I was for the Chiefs was the Houston Texans game in the divisional round. Or in the uh, uh, yeah division round game when they were down twenty four nothing, because all week I was like the Texans are not even on the level of the Chiefs. Come on, you know, the Chiefs are going to blow this team out. Like this is this is going to be you know they won the game last year. Um, they already got that off their backs of the Arrowhead Stadium and all the horrors there. Um, you know the they, what the horrors there, and then the Patriots. You know in that um, you know AFC Championship game, they're going to beat down this Texans team, and it looked dumb for about a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> and then what happened after that was a 51 to 7 run. So, uh, I felt pretty good about the fact that they were that much better, but I was really confident going into that Bucks game in that they'll find they they've moved some things around at offensive line. Patrick Mahomes is inevitable. It's it's going to be fine. Uh the Chiefs dominated the Bucks until they took their foot off the gas earlier this year. Uh, everything's going to work out. Now, that was on Friday before the news came out about you know what took place with Britt Reed, and I certainly think that had an impact on that game. Uh, and then the very next year in the AFC Championship game, I was just uber confident, like no nerves whatsoever going into that game against the uh, Bengals, especially getting up by 18. I'm like, this is exactly what I thought was going to happen. This is going to be a coronation in the second half. It's going to be three out of four Super Bowls they go to, and it's all going to be good in the hood, man. Just further evidence to everybody who was mad about last week, you don't want us confident in the I mean, Chiefs winning. Let I've, I've said it all week, 49ers 50, Chiefs nothing. You're welcome, America. <laughs> Jason, stop being a coward and come over to this side of the fence with me and pick against the Chiefs. Be confident in the Niners, and we'll do a parade on Wednesday.
I have the formula. Well, I'm actually going to pick the Chiefs to win, so I Damn apologize it. about that. Um, I'm thinking maybe something like 37-17. No! <laughs> All right, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson, Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels heading up until 2 o'clock. we got Sports or Leisure coming up at 1 o'clock, presented by Johnny's Tavern. Thank you to Craig Stout joining us in the previous segment. Thank you to Steve Spagnolo, to Willie Gay, to MVS, and to Drew Tranquil joining us in the first hour, talking with them live about um, the Super Bowl and, and different things going on. Um, MVS is on Twitter. There is um, a quote going around. Uh, it was in a question to Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey was asked a question that was stated, MVS has said you play bad cop, that Mahomes doesn't get mad at the receivers. He sends you, Travis, to go play bad cop. And then Travis said, I mean, I'll be bad cop, I guess. You know, I treat everybody the way that I would treat me. So if a drop pass or bad route, whatever it is, you know, I'm uh, doing the same thing in myself. So, yeah, I'll play bad cop. And then that was tweeted out of, I think it was Charles Goldman, it said yes. MVS had said that uh, Travis Kelsey plays bad cop. And then MVS tweeted, LOL what? I literally never said that, ever. There must be a different MVS on the team. Now, you can see the entire exchange. This yeah. is important. I'm going to give you important clarifiers here, folks. You can see the entire exchange in question here on the Sports Radio 810 social. Uh, we've got, you know, we've got video of Travis Kelsey getting that question and answering that question. Right. But whoever asked that question is not from 810. Yeah, this that's isn't, right. This isn't our mess up. But whoever asked the question, according to MVS, has misattributed that uh, that little nugget. Rasheed Rice also talked about like how much Travis Kelsey's done for him as a receiver. Like I saw a few of those quotes going around. Well, also. there was a, there was a quote for Rasheed Rice of Travis Kelsey playing the bad cop. Did he use? I couldn't find a, yeah. a tweet with the word "bad" with the with the phrase "bad cop" from from Rasheed Rice. So maybe that's what it was. Then maybe that all comes down to the reporter uh, getting getting yeah, so, their wires uh, crossed on MVS. And Charles Rasheed Goldman, Rice. Rasheed Rice on this quote. I don't think it's Trav playing bad cop. We all love it because it's Travis Kelsey, and he's one of the greatest tight ends to ever play. Him being his size, anything he tells us, we can move a lot faster. It's just to help us. That would require you getting that doubly wrong because it says, I don't think it's Trav playing bad cop. Not you, you. You're right. I Royal know what you're saying. You. So that that provides yet another point of confusion. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> completely sure how we got here, but we're here now. Uh, it's fun. You know what? Uh, Juwan Taylor's mom had passed away. Yeah. Then we found out it was his grandma. Um, Travis Kelsey um, is asked to finish a Taylor Swift lyric. That karma is a guy on the Chiefs. Did he did he answer it with on the Chiefs? I saw that he yeah. got asked it. I didn't see He it. answered with, uh, they said, finish this lyric, karma is a guy. And he goes, on the Chiefs. And they said, well, keep going. And he's like, just staring out there. And they're like, they're like the next lyric. And he goes, what's the second question? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he, I, I think, I think Travis Kelsey has handled this. As perfectly yes. as you can ask somebody in his position to handle all of the questions that are coming his way about Taylor Swift. This is his fourth day in a row. He will be at the podium for at least a half hour. Monday opening night, they had a half hour. 
minimum. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they've had half hours at least, sometimes up to 40 minutes, 45 minutes sometimes, uh, sitting at a podium. So this is four days in a row he's had to do this. There was one particular answer that that he gave that I wanted to uh, actually. And Mahomes Mahomes did this too. Sorry, this is actually a Mahomes quote I saw go by earlier that PJ Green tweeted out. Uh, Mahomes on Taylor Swift questions. He said, "I know the questions are going to come, and I'm going to answer them because of how great a person she is." That's a slam dunk. That's a that yeah. is an absolute spinning slam dunk. The one that I saw, I guess, yesterday that I don't have in front of me right now was something along the lines of of Travis Kelsey saying, "Yeah, of course I'm going to keep answering Taylor Swift questions." This I would be silly to view this as a negative. Yeah. And man, that one has to be the mindset you have in mm-hmm. stardom like that. Otherwise, you are bleep, or or you're going to realize like, oh, I don't actually want all that. I got to recede a little bit from the spotlight, but. Again, this we, we talked about this the last couple of weeks. I just think it's important and super interesting. Travis Kelsey's totally built for this. He is totally yes. cut out for exactly this. He said being famous worldwide is very different than being famous just in Kansas City, and I believe that one million percent. But he handled being famous in Kansas City, and then he handled being famous in NFL circles, and now he's famous everywhere, and he's still the same yep. guy. He's still going to make you know a, a little uh, ding-dong joke on the podcast. He's still going to curse like a sailor in certain circumstances. But when it's time for him to, like, not accidentally put his uber-famous girlfriend on blast on a stage, well, then, yeah, he's going to sidestep that or gracefully handle whatever's going on there. It, it really has been a master class in appreciating the, the, the positive sides of this kind of fame that certainly has negative downsides. I wonder how much um, we talk about experience of the game, but how much experience of this week, of knowing what's coming this week. Like, Legereus Sneed yesterday. Shows up to Vegas. It's his first day in Vegas because of the birth of his child. Um, And now AFC wide receivers have a sibling, which is awesome. (laughs) So he wasn't there on opening night and wasn't there Tuesday. So he talks yesterday. And he doesn't elaborate very often. So there isn't much to clip from Legereus Need. A lot of it, listening to it last night, 40 minutes of Legereus Need. He got about 500 questions. Uh, But uh, one of the questions was, what's the toughest part of the week? For you of, of the Super Bowl, he goes, this. Mm-hmm. He goes, this. Uh, the media. He goes, I'm not a talker. I just want to play ball. He's like, but I know the deal. I understand what it's about. It's about 10 seconds total. So yeah. I'll just paraphrase rather yeah. than just, here's a 10-second clip of Legereus Need saying, the media is the toughest part of the week for me. It's also the third time he's gone through this week of right. the media and the questions all week long. And it's like, what's the toughest part? This. Getting through this. And this is the last day. So getting through this. And then, you know, good to go as uh, as they move forward. So, and, and Andy Reid saying, you know, they're, they're sort of cranking down that now it's Thursday. You know, you've been the last week and a half or so, you've been cranking up. And now, all right, now you sort of calm it down. You get the walkthroughs. You get the Fast Friday stuff tomorrow. There won't be a Fast Friday or 10 10 10s. There won't be a Fast Friday in the uh, media or anything like that. And then on into uh, Sunday. Uh, but we got something cool going on right now uh, at Urban Egg today until 1 o'clock. Bethany Bowman is there at Urban Egg. Bethany, how is the scene right now there uh, at Urban Egg? Hey, guys. Yeah, we're out here at Urban Egg in Hawthorne Plaza off 119th and Row in Overland Park. 
what is it, guys? Is it Thursday? So many people are in here. I mean, it's Thursday. Like, are, are, do, do people work? I'm, I'm so confused. Uh, Nobody should is... be working this week, Bethany. It's Super Bowl week. Nobody <laughs> should be This week and next week should be national holidays in the city that uh, that your team is playing in the Super Bowl. Live here with Steve Spagnuolo, live from Urban Egg. What day is it? What time is it? I don't know. I don't know. Good afternoon. Good morning. I'm not really sure. Yeah, no, this place is packed. There's so much good food here. I'm looking at this menu. I am definitely going to get something to go before I head out here because it's so, it looks amazing. I mean, this food, they've got like pancake flights. They've oh, got know. breakfast burritos. They've got oh. tacos. Um, I mean, there's this menu is so extensive. It's awesome. They also have amazing drinks. Uh, the general manager, Tony, hooked us up over here, oh, brought nice. us uh, a couple. They've got all these like juice, like fancy juices and stuff. Um, I tried the Cure. It is pineapple, vanilla, orange juice, coconut water. So good. It's almost like a like a pineapple dreamsicle. So good. And then a ginger splash is what uh, Gabe Boucher here tried. Carrot, ginger, local, honey, lemonade. It was so good. Uh, but, yeah, going to try out the food here soon. I can let you guys know how that goes. But we also were able to give away a lot of T-shirts here today. We still have a few left if anybody wants to get out here. They're the special edition uh, welcome to fabulous Las Vegas 810 Sports Radio shirts, and uh, those have gone quick, and we still have a few left, though, if anybody wants to get out here and snag them. Uh, right now, Urban Egg also has some promotions, so bull bound bounce back. If you return Urban Egg and get $1 off one of their breakfast bowls, protein, garden, or carnitas, I think the carnitas bowl might be what I'm going for here today. When I get some food, um, then they've got a limited time Valentine menu coming up to running from the 10th to the 14th. And so there's some special items on that. I love this place. I will be a regular <laughs> after today. It looks amazing. Wouldn't it make sense for the cure to only be served on a Friday? Uh, yeah, I love, guess. Uh, so. is, that a, is that a good I, enough I joke with the cure and Friday? Pretty, I'm in love. You got to you know? know the cure. It's a pretty. I mean, and you, right. it's narrow casting a little bit. Is good if you like the cure. Thursday doesn't even start. I'm emo enough that I thought it was a good joke. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that, uh, Bethany. How many shirts we got left, and what's the deal with the? Uh, however many that are there with the uh, first come first serve. Yeah. So there was a line out the door for yes. the first, uh, you know, like 20 minutes to to get some t-shirts. So. We are running a little bit low on sizes, but we have um, a little bit of this box left here. Um, okay. I know we've got some smalls. We've got some XLs. Um, you know, a few guys came in. Well, you know, they said, not really a, a extra large and more of a 2XL. We're like, well, hey, you can cut the sleeves off. You can wear it, uh, you know, show off your muscles with this shirt. So we do have a few left, and uh, we've had kids. We've had, um, you know, some Older, younger, everybody coming in to get these shirts. So I'm excited to see everybody sporting these this week as the Chiefs prepare for the Super Bowl. What? Oh, I thought I, you were going to say something, Josh. No, I was just sign language oh. communicating with Dylan. Oh, very good. Bethany, if you want to bring back Dylan. some snacks with us. I I, Dylan, I love you. Jason loves you, Dylan. Yes, you too, love Bethany. You I'm sign languaging uh, right now. I thought we were doing <laughs> I was doing air traffic controller work. Yeah. It's okay. Sorry. Signing on the radio, Bethany, doesn't seem to work very well. Yeah, I was I trying know. to do it off air. I'm not sure. Uh, thank you, Bethany. Keep killing it out there. One more hour to go. Stay safe, would you? It sounds like it's very packed right now. Yeah, I'm going to try my best. So we've got quite the crowd, but I'll, I'll do my best. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. This is uh, Bethany Bowman. She's at Urban Egg, which is uh, located in Hawthorne Plaza off Row and 119th Street, the southwest corner of 119th and Row. Still have some shirts available. The uh, started with 81, the special edition shirts. and um, maybe, maybe more like uh, 10 now. We may, we may have cut down. 
We went from 81 down to 8 or 10. Yeah, that's probably right. We'll uh, we'll find out. Um, I'd like for them to bring 8 or 10 pancakes Please. to me. Please!